Kia ora, Tefano. It's nice to be together today. Um, so I'm not on the teaching team or anything. I sort of just got roped into doing this one. Um, no biblical scholar, so just bear with me if you are. But I'm actually really excited to talk about Pentecost because it's one of my favourite um, times in the church. So today is Pentecost Sunday in the traditional church calendar. Johnny spoke last week about how we kind of focus on Christmas and Easter, um, but the Ascension and Pentecost get a little bit forgotten, um, but they're hugely important times in the life of the church. I personally would be in favour of a Pentecost public holiday. <laughs> I don't know like how we'd theme it, you know, the flames on the cards or give little candles or something, but I think we could make it work. Um, the Anglican church I grew up in was actually pretty big into celebrating Pentecost. Uh, here are a couple pictures of Pentecost Sundays from my youth. I'm the shy one uh, in the back of the blurry photo up there. Um, but we used to get dressed up for Pentecost, dressed up in red or orange, and the church had a really high ceiling with all these pendant lights, and we would tape up flames across the whole ceiling, and we'd always have lunch together and that kind of thing. Um, but my memory of Pentecost Sundays growing up is... Usually after the sermon, we would have communion, and that would be how we would respond to the message. But on Pentecost Sunday, as a church, we would listen for the Holy Spirit. And I remember as a young person just kind of um, being amazed that God might speak to us that day and feeling so alive on Pentecost Sunday. So, um, <laughs> hey, this is Hayden and Shepherd. That's my fam, if you haven't met us. Um, yeah, so I've always been drawn to the story of Pentecost, I think partly because of that experience growing up. Um, so where we are as a church in the story of the New Testament is that Jesus has died, he's risen from the dead, he's now ascended to the right hand of the Father. And Johnny gave us a beautiful reminder last week that Jesus is still alive, he's fully human, fully divine, reigning right now. And we could probably just meditate on that for the whole service, but we'll keep going. Um, this morning we're going to look at Acts 2 together and consider what it might mean for us as a community and um, ask the Holy Spirit what he's doing. Also, I can't quite get the image out of my head of Jesus taking his skin off like a mandarin peel. <laughs> I listened to the sermon and I just thought, I keep thinking about that, but he didn't do that. That's not what happened. <laughs> okay, so Acts 2, I'm just going to read the first bit. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? And then they list all the languages. There's a lot of them. Uh, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. So Jesus has ascended and his followers are waiting. They're waiting together, they're praying. Jesus has said the Holy Spirit will be with them, but they don't really know what this is going to look like or how it's going to happen. 
And I think no matter how much you trusted Jesus, the fact that he has left in physical form, they must have been feeling, you know, a little insecure and a bit worried. Um, But on the day that the Holy Spirit comes, it's obvious. You know, it's not the still small voice of the Spirit. It's this big event, an event that if you were alive at the time, it would have been one of those, do you remember where you were on that day kind of things. So the first thing that happens is a violent wind, like a loud rushing wind. And then there is um, like a flame that separates and comes to reach on, to rest on each of them. And when I think about that happening, it's um, pretty wild. <laughs> and it's always kind of scary when you preach on Pentecost, you're like, well, the Holy Spirit could really do anything. Like, <laughs> what's going to happen? Um, But uh, yeah, reading this little, so this is just the first bit of Acts chapter 2, but I wanted to talk about what does the Holy Spirit do? So this is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in a completely new way, and what are the first things that the Holy Spirit does? Well, firstly, you know, the tongues of fire, the Holy Spirit came to rest on each person. It wasn't just one person, it wasn't the prophet or the special kind of anointed one, it was everybody that was gathered there. In the chapter before, it talks about there being about 120 Um, followers gathered. So it was the apostles, um, Mary, the mother of Jesus, his brothers, this band they kind of refer to as the women who were following Jesus from Galilee and other followers. And each of them got the Holy Spirit. It was for all of them gathered. And the next thing that they did was began to speak as the Spirit enabled them. So it was this amazing thing that all of a sudden they could speak another language. It wasn't that it was... um, tongues it was the languages of all of the people that had gathered the crowd heard the noise of this wind they heard them speaking and gathered around and it says that they heard them declaring the wonders of God I imagine they're preaching the gospel Um, and you know it wasn't it wasn't just for the Jews at this point it was everyone every language and this is a huge change in the history um, of of kind of God's anointed people what um God is doing. (laughs) He's like, why is mom up the front? Like, what's going on? Um, You know, God's presence used to be in the inner sanctuary. It used to be um, kind of set apart, and now it's freely for all of us. One other thing at the end of this little chapter is that some of the people in the crowd were like, "Mm, I just think they're drunk, probably. Like, I think they've had too much wine. And I was like, what was going on that made them think that? You know, like, was there a lot of swaying? Was it kind of shouty? Like, what, what did it actually look like? And when I was reading this passage, you know, you do the thing where sometimes you try and put yourself in it. Like, where am I in this? And I actually felt a little bit convicted that at times I could be someone who might mock the work of the Spirit, in the sense of, um, I think in our culture we like to be kind of controlled or we like things to be neat or orderly or, you know, if I was going to share with somebody about Jesus, ideally it's like just the two of us in a quiet place and it's all very, like, nice. And the fact that you have hundreds of people preaching the gospel different languages, there's flaming, you know, fires above their heads, um, it says later on that 3,000 people were added to their number, so this is a big chaotic event. Um, it's not, it seems to our kind of modern ears, um, it's not that appealing <laughs> to me in, in some ways, but I really just felt convicted that to be a fool for Christ, you know, to, to kind of put aside the wisdom of the world 
can be really important to kind of try and strip away some of that, what we think is proper or right, because the Holy Spirit has his own agenda to do with us. Um, so the, the next thing that happens in Acts chapter 2 is that Peter starts to preach. And it's nice that you brought up Peter, Jane, because to me, the fact that this is one of the first things that the Holy Spirit does just speaks to, um, I don't know, how amazing God is, how amazing the Holy Spirit is, that this is Peter who, all throughout the Gospels, is kind of, um, he's a bit up and down, you know, puts his foot in his mouth, he's a bit of a like loose unit, um, and gets to a real low point where he denies Jesus three times. You know, it says that he bitterly wept, when the rooster crowed, and Jesus has to ask him three times, do you love me? And he's, he's like hurt by that question, even though he is reinstated by Jesus. And I imagine he's still feeling um, a little bit unsure. But when the Holy Spirit comes, it's him who is empowered to speak. It's him who's empowered to be the leader of the church. And I just think, you know, the Holy Spirit is transformational. The Holy Spirit restores us. Um, the Holy Spirit empowers us and it's not necessarily about us because you know Peter really wasn't doing that great (laughs) but it was the the Holy Spirit through him so the first thing um that he says is this um he speaks about this verse from Joel um, which says I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. So again, it's, it's not about whether you're young or old, male or female. Sometimes servants is translated as slaves, so it's not about social hierarchy, but it's, it's for us all. It's, it's really radically free, um, especially for that time. And then I'm not going to read um, the rest of Acts 2, but Peter goes on to preach the gospel and tell about what Jesus has done. And um, yeah, 3,000 people were added to their number, so it must have been a pretty good sermon. Um, you know, he's basically letting them know the Messiah you've been waiting for, he's here. It's Jesus. And, you know, the promises that have been made in the Old Testament, they're being fulfilled right now. Like, this is the Spirit being poured out. Um, and, and, you know, the Holy Spirit is in the Bible th- through the beginning. I want to just um, take a step back and look at how the Holy Spirit's described prior to the day of Pentecost. Because um, it's important to remember that the Holy Spirit wasn't just created on Pentecost. The, the Spirit is God and has been there from the beginning. Um, but he's present on earth in a new way with us at Pentecost. Just as Jesus was the word of God that was there from the beginning, um, so was the Spirit. You know, this is, this is the Trinity. Um, Pentecost is kind of like the Christmas of the Holy Spirit in that it's like the Holy Spirit born on earth in a new way. So the case for a public holiday is growing. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so from the beginning of scripture, um, the words wind and breath and spirit have been used interchangeably. Um, Genesis 1 begins, in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind, a spirit from God, swept over the waters. And in Genesis 2, we read that God created man, forming him out of the dust of the earth, but he was lifeless until God breathed into him or put his spirit into him. He became a living being. 
All throughout the Old Testament, we see the Holy Spirit. You know, God's presence draws near to people, but it's often um, a few people or for the prophet. Um, you know, the people who the books are named after kind of thing. And, and it's often for a specific purpose or anointing. It's not a permanent kind of indwelling. Um, throughout the Gospels, we read of the Spirit at work through Jesus. When he's baptized, it says that the Spirit comes down upon him like a dove. Um, and then he's filled with the Holy Spirit, and it's from that place that he does his ministry. You know, the, the place that Jesus was doing his ministry from is the same place that we get to, because we also have the Holy Spirit, which is um, super challenging, I think. You know, Jesus says that we'll do greater things than he did because we have the Spirit of God, which is amazing and difficult I think because you're like no but you're Jesus like you're God he's like no but it's the spirit it's you know it's what the father was saying to do by the spirit um sometimes our concept of the Holy Spirit can feel a little bit murky you know we see who Jesus is in the gospels and so we're like okay we kind of have a handle on him as like a person a man but the Holy Spirit being a bit more intangible sometimes it's hard for us to grasp um who he is uh, so let's have a look at a couple of ways the Spirit is described. Uh, so firstly, the Holy Spirit is God. It's the presence of God the Father with us. Jesus in the Great Commission says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So there's, there's no differentiation. If we know Jesus, we know the Holy Spirit. You know, if we know Jesus, we know God the Father. They reveal um, to us each other they're they're the same and I think um you know the Holy Spirit it's not magic or it's not like just this power source floating around that we tap into um the Holy Spirit's person and the more that we can kind of relate to the Spirit like that I think um the clearer it becomes you know the, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit having a will or um, being grieved in one place so yeah the Holy Spirit's person Jesus talks about the Spirit as an advocate for us. Um, so he says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. It's only through Jesus that we're able to participate in relationship with God the Father. And the Spirit is the means by which we do that. In and of ourselves, we have no standing before God, but through Jesus and by his Spirit, we're able to have relationship with him. The Spirit advocates to the Father for us. And um, Jesus speaks about the Holy Spirit as the spirit of truth. You know, in the Gospels, the disciples are often kind of confused that like Jesus is teaching and they don't really get it. Or they're kind of asking him these questions that we're like, oh, you're missing the point here, like a bit. Um, and I was talking to my friend Emily about this and she suggested that it's probably because they don't have the Holy Spirit yet. You know, they're with Jesus, but it's the Holy Spirit that's the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit illuminates things for us. You know, when we read God's word, it's the Holy Spirit that's bringing it to life. Um, it, he gives us revelation and understanding um, about each other and about ourselves. And um, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will come and teach them everything and remind them of all that I have said to you. It's like they understood all the things that he was saying when, when the Holy Spirit came. Um, Obviously, the Spirit is God, and so there's, there's many ways that we can relate to him and think about him, and I've written some other words at the beginning, um, at the end of that slide. As I was preparing for today, 
I kept having this image come into my mind. Um, it's easy to, to get a little bit confused about whether the Holy Spirit lives in us or whether the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Like, is it both? Where is the Holy Spirit? Um, I would like to suggest that it's both. We know um, that when we're following Jesus, if we've declared that Jesus is Lord, that we have the Holy Spirit. That's a promise. He's not far from us. The Spirit dwells in all of us. It's what unites us um, and unites us with Christ. But also in Acts, there's a lot of examples of where the Spirit came upon them. Um, but this is kind of how I was thinking about it. Emma's going to come. It's a little like sermon illustration. Um, okay, so if Emma is the Christian and I am the Holy Spirit and we're just like walking around, going about our life, I'm always with Emma. I'm right by her side. I'm, I'm dwelling with her. I'm abiding with her. Like... The Spirit is with us like that. But there's times when it's like we need a, a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit or a fresh touch. And I almost just think of it as like the Spirit just like places a hand. And it makes Emma turn to look towards me. And I look at Emma. And it's like a reminder, like, oh, the Spirit's here. The Spirit is with us. But I was never gone. I was never like over with someone else doing something else. I was always there with Emma, but we can remember the Spirit in a different way. We can experience the Spirit in different ways um, just by reaching out to the Spirit. And I think sometimes we, we make it really complicated or it seems a little bit confusing, but um, that's kind of, I don't know, the picture I feel like God gave me about how to think of the Holy Spirit. Thanks, Emma. Um, yeah, you know, also there's, I can't remember who said it, but it was like, if we've got the Holy Spirit, why do we need fresh infillings? And someone was just like, I feel like I leak, like I have holes, you know, like the Holy Spirit, um, you know, it's, it's hard to, I think it's hard to remember. We've been talking about that recently, you know, God wants us to be a remembering people, we don't want to forget that sometimes the reality of the Spirit being with us, it's like we need to turn towards Him and remind ourselves. And that's, you know, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Later, A little bit later on in Acts, there's this verse. It says, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And He is not served by human hands as if He needed anything. Rather, He gives... He himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far off from any one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. And I think it's just a real encouragement for us today um, you know, God God did this. He made himself known to us that perhaps we would reach reach out for him. And it's not that he's far, it's that he's right there. Because in him, we live and move and have our being. You know, he is the breath that we breathe um, every day. So, Pentecost. What does it mean for us today? Um, 
the crowd asks this of Peter, he preaches, and then they say, um, it says when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. I'm like, oh, that's a great little phrase in the Bible. And they said, um, what shall we do? <laughs> it's like, oh, Jesus has come, they've accepted it. And then they're like, ah, like, what, you know, what do we do now? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And I think, you know, our, the question of what shall we do is the Holy Spirit always points to Jesus. It's about turning to Jesus. You know, repenting is, is about turning away from the other things that we might be setting our sights on and fixing our eyes on Jesus. Um, he then goes on to say, uh, so re- every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off and for all whom the Lord our God will call. And I think our next response is to, is to hold that promise, is to believe it and kind of claim it for ourselves. That, um, you know, if you have declared Jesus as Lord, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with us. And I think our our realization, our awareness, bringing our attention to that um, is what God is requiring from us. You know, we're going to, I think, keep looking at Acts, are we? Yeah. And so we, we will see how it's by the Holy Spirit that the church spread. And this is why the Holy Spirit came, to empower us to share the gospel. Um, you know, the Spirit, um, so that we can witness to what God has done. And, you know, when I was praying about this today, I felt like God was saying that it's not about us as an individual, but it's about us as a community and his people doing this. You know, his Spirit unites us, and we are in the body of Christ, but we all have different gifts, and we don't have to be everything to everyone. Um, You know, the fear of sharing about the gospel, I think can sometimes be a fear that it's all on us, that we have to know everything, that we have to be that person to use our gifts and do it together. I think we're getting closer to the heart of God, that we would have unity um, with one another. But, you know, I don't think it necessarily lets us off the hook (laughs) completely. Um, uh, This quote is a quote from... um, one of the pastors of the church that we were at in Vancouver, it's not about the Holy Spirit, but it says, I'm not old and wise, but I've lived enough and delayed enough and dressed up fear in virtuous clothes labelled as patience, wisdom and field research enough to know without reservation there will never be a perfect time to start. And I was just thinking about, I don't know how often I say the name of Jesus to other people or how often I actually talk with people about Jesus in my life and you know a perfect time to start start what I guess I'm I'm thinking about start bringing my attention to what the spirit is doing you know in my life but also throughout my days um Mary Oliver describes uh, attention as the beginning of devotion and it's like you know, God is is calling us to be with him. Emma has spoken about that a little bit. And I think it's the heart of God that we would be with him and in him. Um, 
for me, I, I struggle a little bit because I feel like there's a fine line with not like striving to do things myself and also kind of doing nothing. <laughs> or, you know, like, um, yeah, I feel like it's a bit of a tight rope. But I want to be spending time with God. I want to be tuning into what he's doing in the world. And I want to partner with him. I don't want to be asleep to what God is doing. Um, because I want to be obedient, but also because I think it's exciting and fun. <laughs> you know, life can feel like drudgery sometimes. It's like, you know, not great. We just scroll through our phones all day and don't get enough sleep and just whatever. But the stuff of the kingdom is, is amazing. You know, what we get to participate in with God is so beautiful. Um, when Jesus was and is tempted, but he comes back and goes to Nazareth and goes to the synagogue like where he grew up. And he's, it's like he's on Bible reading that day. He gets up to read and it's this verse from Isaiah. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of the sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He basically reads this and then says to everyone, I am the fulfillment of this. Like, this is happening. And everyone's like, isn't this Joseph's son? Like, you know, they're a little bit um, disbelieving of him. Actually, they kick him out. They're like, this heresy, you can leave. But, um, you know, this is the kingdom of God. This is, this is what Jesus is doing. Good news for the poor, freedom, you know, healing, setting oppressed people free, justice. The kingdom of God is, is belonging, it's wholeness. Um, and that's here for us today in this room, and it's also here for us to share. And it's the Holy Spirit that empowers us to do that, which is pretty cool and a little bit scary. <laughs> so that is what I had to say today about Pentecost. But... Um, it wouldn't be right for us to just speak about the Holy Spirit and not um, practice some of this listening. Um, so why don't you stand with me? And um, yeah, we're just going to have a time of listening to the Holy Spirit. Um, so I'm going to pray, and I felt like the Spirit gave me a few nudges about what he might want to do today. But um, as we pray, I guess like that picture of me standing next to Emma, you know, in your inner being, try and turn towards the Holy Spirit because he's here. He's with us. And just um, he's always speaking, you know. He loves us. So Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence. And as we stand here and draw breath, we're reminded that it's you, that it's your life within us. Thank you that you're a living, that you're a living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that we know your voice. Pray come, Holy Spirit. <laughs> 